Dr. Dwindle DS here. Tourist, sleazy car salesman extraordinaire, you look new, or did you just get a facelift? Either way, you look magnanimous today. You know who else is magnanimous? Starlight. That's right, this podcast. I mean, an adventure with me. In it, what's not to like? Welcome to my show. Let me show you around at the fair price of a listen, review, or subscribe. All these things go a long way to help other spacers find the show. And if you're feeling extra special, then consider checking out the Patreon. Do what makes you most comfortable. Just help a dwindle stay in business. Welcome to Starlight for this bonus episode. Uh, we are in pretty late February, getting to be late February here. Um, and this is past Isaac and Courtney speaking to you guys, bringing this wonderful entertainment. And I am currently in the future or present, I don't know anymore, am finishing up my training stint in Albuquerque uh, and cannot wait to get back to recording more episodes of Starlight and Courtney is in the middle of doing cool things with Ring of Hope and uh and dreadfully missing Isaac. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be totally fine and I'll just eat my way through the month without him and you know be lonely. Just joking. I'll be totally fine. <laughs> that was a real tear. But either way, we are excited to bring you this episode, this bonus episode and Without further ado, let's get into it. We are in the post-boarding party in which a group of space pirates, small but deadly, have boarded the Dragonfly just outside of the XR2 system in the dead space between the different solar systems and seats of power within the Federation. We zoom in on two characters. One who is a synthetic male. He is very easy to see that this is no actual being because his skin is see-through and you can actually see to the inner workings of the machinery and the movement of liquid. The fixed eyes are actual like augmented and implants that allow him to see in different spectrums of color, not normal to the eye. Uh, he's dressed in tatters and, but right now, most of those tatters are covered by the perfectly pleated black uniform with the pin of a hand with the thumb folded into the palm of the secret police. And next to him is a woman. By the name of Gwen, who's a human, who stands about six foot tall, very pristine looking, but there's a flare of grime to her. She, her hair's just a little too greasy and She's also dressed in the same uniform. They are currently standing together 
uh, uh, like in the middle of a repulsor lift that is taking them through the different levels of the high-end uh, starship of which they used the disguise of being the secret police to get close and take over. These two have been sent down into the bowels of the ship to look for any further stragglers that could be rounded up and riches by the Dread Captain McGee. Now, Bast, the male, kind of puts his arms together and is playing with the small hilt of a butterfly blade, a retracting sword that folds up into itself and can be folded out in, the, in an instant. He scratches at the stubbles of a fake chin beard and looks at Gwen and says, Figures, everyone else gets to have so much fun. And we are getting sent down here to play hide and seek. To play hide and seek, which I might add is because you did a terrible job swabbing the deck. And you were of no assistance in swabbing the deck. So to blame it all on me is simply not fair. Now let's go play a quick game of hide and seek. Bass looks at the slow moving repulsion of, well, we still have a few minutes before we even get down there. So unless you want to jump out, I don't know, maybe that's fair. Also, fair, we're pirates. Fair doesn't fit in. Well, we're also partners. So there needs to be some amount of camaraderie here. Whatever, Gwen. Bass kind of turns and looks out the viewing port at the stars outside as you start to descend further into the ship. And eventually the doors start to open with a There is a steadying of air as you step out into what appears to be the bottommost interior floor as both of you step out into the center there are like some stack of supplies um, and you can see two doors set to either side of this long room it's an oblong just like the shape of the starship and the doors are on both the east and west side there is very little design to the actual interior of the starship although it is mostly silver with some paintings um not actual like paintings but like colors painted onto it for aesthetic pleasure uh the colors that you see and you've seen all throughout the ship have been bright fluorescence nothing dull or gray uh very like chromatic in nature the air here is warmer um and when you step out it is also more humid well you ready to go get them hide and seek go get them hide and seek are we going together or separate well i ugh. It would be kind of dumb to go separate, wouldn't it? If you're scared. Well, I'm not scared. I'm just... You're a little scared. 
you're new at this. It's fine if you're scared. He points to the far door, whips out the blade, and you watch the blade fold out. Just It's thin, made for stabbing and not much slicing, and he points it at the door. It says, what will we check there first? Hmm? Deal. And I get my hydraulic maul out and swing it in front of me. Roughly over six feet in length. Yes. And it is a thick piece of metal with little spouts of jets kind of off the side when you swing it. And when you swing it, the jets kind of give it an extra oomph uh, of speed. And on top of that, the end of the maul actually like undulates out and pumps out like a piston pushing it forward. Uh, and Bast looks at that and says, okay, can we maybe not kill whatever's right there? Because if we kill them, it makes it kind of hard to find the money. Well, if you look hard enough, you're bound to find it, but I will not kill them right away. Found it. Hmm. And they say I was illiterate. And he walks over to the door and starts jimmying with the keypad. And he works at it for a little while, then he turns back to you and, can you open it? And they say I was illiterate. Yes. That's a 10. You are immediately shut out. And the lock just shuts. Uh, like the keypad turns off with a Can we just break it down? Bast looks at you. You look at Bast. The only thing you can hear is the warm air conditioning in between. And then he scratches his head and goes, mm, I didn't try opening it yet. Well, try opening it. You try opening it. Okay. And I try opening it. So you open the door and there's a thin green light that kind of like comes out of the room and it's even warmer, a bit danker inside. And there is a smell of warm, moist earth. In the center of the room, there is a probably 20 by 20 foot covering of sediment and dirt. Grow lights are all over the room, hence the green light. And there's a thin rail with a gate that leads to the center of the room. So you could walk around the outside of it. You see like thin blades of plants, but most of the ground is dirt. And it's a very warm, the closer you get to the center, you see that there's like central heaters on top, uh, over the top of it. And Bass steps in behind you and is, wow, it's a weird ship, huh? I wonder if this might be their treasure. I mean, they had plenty of money upstairs and they're growing stuff down here. Mm, it's almost like they're trying to make a colony ship. This couldn't even feed like a family. Yet. Yet? They may be working on it. You know, dragonborns are always weird, you know? And that's everything. That's the weird part. They're all dragonborns on this ship. Mm -hmm. That is weird. Hmm. 
Well, I'm gonna keep walking around and investigating and see if I see any people. Go ahead and make an investigation roll. 18. What you do notice is the ground, the earth, looks like it's been upturned as if something like plants were weeded out or something hastily. I'm gonna start digging in the dirt a little bit. You do find pieces of broken white shell. Very thin, very f fragile pieces of like, some sort of like hard white. It's almost too thin to be a rock. And it's only, you know, it's not even a quarter of an inch thick. I'm gonna show it to Fast. See, what do you, what do you think of this? What is this? Oh, looks like a rock. It's definitely not a rock. Yeah, well. Come on, it's too thin for a rock. Mm -mm. He kind of like holds it up and he goes, look, I don't know. And he tosses it over his shoulder. And when it lands on the ground, you just hear as it just cracks on the ground with a you He looks back and goes, oops. And it breaks all over the place into smaller pieces. And Bass looks back and says, oh, you know, kind of looks like when I broke a piece of my egg in my omelet the other day. Doesn't it? Are they growing eggs? No. <laughs> Did it Come look like on. an eggshell? It kind of looks like an eggshell. You can see all the little bits on the ground. I'm going to look for more of it. Okay, go ahead and make an investigation roll. No, you don't find any more broken pieces within the soil. And, you know, it's not crazy deep down. It's, it's maybe about four, four feet worth of soil. Hmm. There's no windows or doors or anything else in this room? Nothing. Well, while you're busy trying to play garden detective, I'm gonna open the other door. You hear Bast open the other side. He scratches his head at the other side and he goes, well, if treasure's what you're looking for and you're calling dirt treasure, Gwen, there's a lot more of that over here. A lot more dirt? Oh yeah, a lot more plants. I'm gonna go look. So as you come walking across the ground, kind of clinging on the, the metal of the ground, and you come over to the other side, you push your way past Bast, and inside you see a similar situation. The dirt here is more upturned and... There's no plants? No. And is there any more sign of those white shards? There's a few, not as many as on the other side. Can I do like a history check on these to see if I've seen them before? So it'd be an 11? It does seem to remind you a little bit of an egg, but that's about it. Hmm. I think they're growing eggs. Growing eggs in dirt. Oh, and we are gonna go report that to Captain McGee. Are you making fun of Captain McGee? Cause I'll report you. You're gonna report me. We yeah. all know his name is Captain McGee, and you're the one that I heard calling him Captain McGee.
Okay, I'm gonna remember this. And I'm gonna go further down the hallway. Okay, so as you come back into the cylindrical room, you walk further down and again, there's like random like tarp implements that are like, they're holding down like supplies and crates and boxes like that, but not like too many. But there is a decent amount. You come to the far end and it seems to be like a natural end to the to the storage room. Guess the treasures. The dirt. Bass shrugs and he goes, well, I'm gonna go look at the boxes in the crates. Maybe they got something in there. And he starts heading towards the center of the room where the tarps are holding down things. And he starts, you you see him using his like butterfly blade to start kind of breaking open the tops of like some of the crates looking within and you hear him go, Ooh, cooking rations. We got some toilet paper. Something was not right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it to the crowd. I'm going to do an inside of the whole room. An investigation? An investigation, yeah. To see if I'm missing anything, like a window. That's a nat one. Mm. So nothing. You end up not seeing anything. Anything. Bass continues working his way through and he goes, well, there's about eight of these crates. Pushes one to the side and he goes, why don't you quit playing with your dirt and help me be of use? We're gonna find some good stuff in here. And I, for one, am not going up to see Captain McGay empty-handed. So you can go up and bring eggs and I can at least bring like something. He throws some toilet paper out behind him, starts working on the next crate. Ah, now this, this is worth something. Here we go. Look at these clothes. <sighs> Handmade Dragonborn. Woof. Bash, you don't feel like we're missing something? No. There's rooms of dirt. What are you? What are they doing with dirt? Feeding themselves vegetables. Mm. There's more to it. There's treasure here, and I can feel it. I just don't know how to get to it. Mm. Well. Don't know what to tell you. And he starts working his way through a third crate. You go back to where the, you feel like the footsteps ended. And where they seem to end, again, is at the center of the room. And right where like the crates and the supplies start. Bast is working on the northernly end and the footsteps of dirt kind of end on the southernly end at the face of like the first like tarp that hangs over one of the crates. So you pull open the tarp and you see a metal casing. The metal casing is roughly about the size of a couch and there is a keypad lock on it. I'm gonna try to hack it. Okay, I want you to go ahead and make an interfacing roll. 13. And I need you to go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. 11. You feel as like your arm goes numb, your jaw goes slack as you feel this electricity just spark up from it. You are able to pull back in time before you have a full-blown like bout of paralysis, but it leaves your right arm hanging limp and your mouth not working at full capacity. But the lock opens. They, uh, they don't want us to 
go in there, do they? <laughs> I think I think we should go in there. What do you think, Bast? What is wrong with your face, Quinn? I um seem to be suffering some kind of paralysis. <laughs> you mean you can't feel this? And he pokes the side of your face and like kind of grabs the skin and moves it like it's a little angry. He goes, wow, I didn't realize your face was so leathery. I cannot feel that, but I can, and I'm gonna grab his finger and pull it down really hard. <clears throat> ah, jeez. Okay. Bass, take me seriously, okay? As long as you don't look at me like that. Sure, why don't you take point? I'm gonna ask you to take point, okay? I'm a little uh, paralyzed. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you. He raises one hand out with his blade and he goes, you think they're in there? There's people? I think there are something they want to hide in there. Yeah, shit. He takes the blade out and holds it out in front of him, grabs the lip of it, then lifts it up. And he goes, hunger! Nothing, nothing comes out. He goes over and he peeks in. He goes, huh, you're right. Come look. He motions you over and you can see a set of stairs that lead down and through this false crate. You can see clumps of dirt going down with it. And there is a like warmer air that kind of like blasts up from it immediately. You go first. <sighs> All right. All right, Captain McGee. I, Bast, got your treasure. All right. Let's go. Are you scared? Not while I have the hands jacket on. Those idiots actually think we're secret police. <laughs> they'll don't talk too loud. Don't, don't talk too loud. They'll cry when they see us. They're gonna wet their pants. You guys start continuing down. It's about ten steps down, and it leads into a small, like, almost maintenance hallway to get. And you see like various wires running up and down the sides of the ship. Up ahead, you can see a small uh, portal entrance into a different room, and you can hear voices up ahead. And one of the voices says, hurry, hurry, get into the dropship. You'll be able to take that to the nearest planet. They're trying to escape. I hear that. What do you think, I should announce it? No. What, do you want to ambush them? Yes. Should I yelp and then ambush them, or should I ambush them and then yell? Okay. All right. Ambush them and yell. He looks back at you, and and he opens his mouth in a silent yell. And he starts running out the door, and he bursts through. And you are right behind him, and you hear, just like, as he's going before you, the sound of clatter. Someone's like, oh, dust! Get him in there! Get him in there! That's when you you yourself come into the room and you see this like squarish room and there is a small porthole in the side where one of the many dropships that this that this bigger starship has for like in case the starship starts to break apart, you can get into these things and jettison off into safety. There is a small figure is cloaked and trying to hurry in and you can just make out what appears to be like two eggs in hand. And you can see chromatic red scaled hands holding onto them as they like hurry into the dropship. 
the doors are starting to close on the dropship and there is a uh, a smaller figure um a little bit more like weekly it looks like maybe like an older dragonborn the back is like crooked uh has palsy of some sort and you can see wispy white uh starting to take over some of the scales this older person who's outside of the drop ship is holding some sort of a jar as his hands are shaking and he throws it onto the ground just as bast stabs him right through the uh, jugular but what comes out of the jar is some strange form of uh, crude black smoke that forms into a imp figure. It has two wings, a wicked kind of mouth glittering with teeth. And as it turns, you just hear just this thing go <laughs> And when it breathes, puffs of almost like soot come flying out of it. You have one chance to stop this person who's getting away in the dropship. What do you want to do? Um, I want to run after it. Um... No, don't run! Where's the military police? And I'm gonna just go in and try to attack him. Okay. With my left arm. 11. You can barely lift them all with one hand. You press the button that ignites the hydraulics and the, the, the jettison power as you're dragging it across the ground and the jettison power puts it up into a wide arc and then it cracks down on top of the hooded figure. The hooded figure falls to the ground. 10 points. Dead. You break through, easily break through the head. You can feel like the neck crumple. One of the eggs falls back into the dropship. Touch it! Touch the egg! I want you to roll your die 20 for the egg roll. 14. Well, I gotta roll higher. Bast misses the egg as he kind of jumps away from the dead man and the strange smoke creature. Tries to grab the egg, but slips through his hand. He kind of fumbles it and it just breaks in a thing of like yellowish ichor and ooze. There are strange kind of like clumps of a half-formed reptilian creature within, but also mixed with like an egg yolky kind of feel. And it just splatters across the ground and this like almost, it's 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 almost like a rotting smell in a way, uh, kind of like curls up out of it, but it's almost mixed with like a little bit of brimstone mixed in there. The figure that you hit collapses into the doorway of the orbital dropship and one hand is kind of like curled out. The hood falls back and you see that it is a child. And the door orbital dropship closes and crushes the hand off, leaving the hand and then the ship just jettisons. Warning, evacuate. Warning, evacuate. Warning, evacuate. both you and Bast to make DC 10 rolls to hold on. 10. So you watch as Bast is like looking at this thing and he looks at you as you grasp the side of a wall. The smoke creature wraps itself around something, uh, its wings flapping to try and hold place. And you watch as Bast is pulled out into space. 
and then the wall closes. And oh, no. you just see him still kind of reaching for the egg. You both drop to the ground, you and the creature. You find yourself in the middle of combat with the smoke creature as it darts off the wall straight at you. So the smoke creature comes right about five foot forward away from, from where it was holding on and it spews out this gout of black ash and smoke. I need you to make a dexterity save now, though. Oh, three. You immediately have your vision covered and clouded. You can't see as the soot kind of like bellows and envelopes your eyes and you become blind. I'm just going to try to feel and where to attack. Okay. 14. So you come charging forward and you actually are like kind of like swinging your maul back and forth and you manage to connect with some. You watch as like part of the figure kind of like breaks in half in the middle, <clears throat> starts to kind of reform this creature, this method sidles around you. It goes and it tries to kind of like claw out you. The smoke kind of like materializing just enough to make these like kind of claw marks. You're not sure what this creature is. I am going in for another attack with the hydraulic maul and that is 23 to hit and a six points of damage. Okay so you bring it down and then at the last moment you hit the button again. And you watch as just smoke shatters everywhere. And you get, you're able to clear your eyes just enough to see with one eye as this creature kind of like falls to the ground. Your heart starts to kind of come down. Not too bad for someone who's paralyzed, huh? the joke falls flat as you no longer have your buddy to talk to. I'll make my way back to Captain McGee and... So eventually, it takes a little bit of time, probably about a little over an hour as he's pretty busy, but eventually you're able to report to the first mate um, and he takes you to Captain McGee. And Captain McGee is a pug and uh, you can see concern on his face, and he says, Who? Did you find them? Please tell me you found them. Found who? The stragglers. There were none. They all... They all got away in the... In the they ship. got away? Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They... They had these ships, and they were taking eggs, and... And they were, they all got away. They released this. There should have only been two stragglers. Oh, there were more than two. They were all getting in ships with eggs. I want you to make a deception roll. 20. <sighs> Captain McGee has a, he's a middle-aged pug. There's shocks of white that run through his beard. Both of his tusks are broken, and he only has, uh, in true pirate fashion, one good eye. Although he doesn't wear an eye patch, he just, uh, there's just a glass eye. Mm -hmm. He clasps both hand, hands behind his back, and he looks out through the viewing port of the ship. That's good. It would have been better if you'd been able to apprehend them. You and, uh, what's his name? Vast. Yes, damn it, didn't you? Why are you talking like that? 
I was paralyzed when I was trying to get in there. They had this magical box, and so the right side of my body is now paralyzed. I do wonder how long this will last. Do you, do you know? I hope it's not long. It's getting annoying. <sighs> is you it annoying can... that I was paralyzed? It is. I would agree. You can see the doctor about it when you're done. Good job in showing some restraint. If you were top-notch, you would have captured them. But it is better they are gone than dead. You see, we have figured out the true purpose of this ship. And it is... A disaster well averted. No man wants to be the one who started a war. This ship was... Well, it was the royal heir of the Dragonborn. So you can imagine. If the Dragonborns thought that we were a part of the Federation in these uniforms that we stole, the outrage and war we would have started. That would have been very bad. Yes, it would. Maybe pirates, but I have morals, and I am not for starting wars. At least wars I can't finish. Alright, well, be gone with you. Go see the doctor, and then get together with the rest. We're going to be cataloging the ship and adding it to the fleet. Close it, Captain. I will I'll see you soon. Dismissed. I will slow down. And you get into the uh, lift, takes you down, and you can't help but feel the small amount of dread in your stomach as you realize you may have very well started a war. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>